Chapter Thirteen of the Homesteader. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeff Blanchard. The Homesteader by Oscar Mugeot. Epoch the Second. The Wolf. Now, Elder, said Baptiste, getting up from the table without going through the usual formalities of resting a few minutes after the meal. I've bought a building in town that I'm going to move on to Orleans Place. I'm preparing to jack it up and load it, so if you would like to come along, very well. We'll be glad to have you. But it's rather a rough, hard task, I'll admit. Now, now, son, started the Reverend, holding back his exasperation with difficulty. His son-in-law had never addressed him more than once by the same name. It was either Colonel, Judge, reverend elder or some other burlesque title in the sense used he wanted to tell him that he should call him father but before he had the chance to do so that worthy had bounced out of the room and was heard from the barn the reverend looked after him with a glare dreadful he exclaimed when the other was out of hearing distance what papa inquired his daughter regarding him questioningly she had become accustomed to jean's way and did not understand her father's exclamation why that man your husband jean such rough ways oh she exclaimed that's his way he has always lived alone you know and is so ambitious he's really compelled to hurry a little because he has so much to do well i never saw the like I'm afraid he and Ethel would never get along very well. No, he is rather unusual. Oh, father, you must pay no attention to that. Jean is a fine fellow, a likable man, and is loved by everyone who knows him, she argued, trying to discourage her father's mood to complain. She had never been able to bring her father and husband very close perhaps it was because of their being so far apart in all that made them but she was aware that jean had never flattered her father and that was very grave no relation had ever risked that her father was accustomed to being flattered by everybody who was an intimate of the family and jean baptiste had come into the family married her and apparently forgot to tell the reverend that he was a great man moreover from what she knew of her husband he was not likely to do so her mother had tried to have baptiste see it she recalled her little mother of whom baptiste was very fond of as has been stated it was generally known that her father was not very kind and patient with her mother and never had been it was moreover no secret that her father was unusually friendly with mrs pruitt but she was not supposed to let on that she was aware of such if she was and she certainly was she did not mention the fact jean baptiste knew of the reverend's subtle practices and in his mind condemned rather than admired him therefore he knew that the elder expected to be praised in spite of all these things now what would it all come to this thought was passing through orleans mind when she heard her father again now he said something about a contest she caught her breath quickly swallowed changed colour and then managed 
hardly above a whisper to say oh i don't understand and he never takes the time to explain anything seems to take for granted that everybody should know and tries to know it all himself and it makes it very awkward he said complainingly it is all my fault papa orlean admitted flatteringly your fault the other exclaimed not understanding yes she breathed with eyes downcast and what do you mean how can it be your fault when you have sacrificed the nice home in chicago for this wilderness but papa she flattered you have never been west before you-you don't understand don't understand cried the reverend anger and impatient evident what is there to understand about this wilderness oh papa she cried now beseechingly you she halted and swallowed what she had started to say and what she had started to say was that if he kept on like he had started he would make it very difficult for her to be loyal to her husband and obedient to him as she had always been as she was trying to be perhaps it was becoming difficult for her already subservience to her father who insisted upon it and obedience and loyalty to her husband who had a right and naturally expected it it was difficult and she was a weak-willed person already her courage was failing her and she was beginning to sigh it is very hard on my daughter i fear said the elder his face now full of emotion and self-pity i worked all my life to raise my two darlings and it grieves me to see one of them being ground down by a man oh father my husband is not cruel to me he has never said an unkind word he is just as good to me as a man can be and i love him this would have been sufficient to have satisfied and pacified any man even one so unscrupulous but it happens that in our story we have met one who is considerably different from the ordinary man the substance of n justine mccarthy's vanity had never been fully estimated not even by himself orlean did not recall then that since she had been married she had not written her father and repeated what a great man he was she had on the other hand written and told him what a great man her husband was in her simplicity she felt it was expected of her to tell that one or the other was great but here she had encountered discouragement her husband apparently was considerably opposed to flattery and she had difficulty to have him see that it was an evidence of faith on her part but her husband had not seen it that way he had dismissed it as a waste of time and had gradually used his influence with her to other ends to the road they were following the road to ultimate success which could only be achieved by grim practical methods and that was one of his words practical but her father was speaking again now i wish you would explain how you could be at fault for this contest upon your place and why your husband accuses you of such but john does not accuse me of being at fault father she defended weakly i accuse myself and if you will be just a little patient she begged almost in tears i'll explain he frowned in his usual way while she sighed unheard and then fell to the task before her it is like this she began with an effort of self-control jean has not wished to ask me to stay on my claim alone as his sister and grandmother have done you see oh 
so he has them living out there alone like cattle helping him to get rich they do not live like cattle father she defended in the patient manner she had been trained to they have a horse and buggy that he has furnished them and get all their needs at the stores which is charged to him they have good neighbors awfully nice white people women too who live alone on their claims as his sister and grandmother are doing but they are not like you daughter those are all rough people you cannot live like them you have been accustomed to something she sighed unheard again and did not try to explain to his majesty that most of the people women included were in a majority from the best homes in the east as well as families that many had wealth where she had none and that john's sister had been graduated from high school and was very intelligent it was difficult and she knew it to explain anything to her father but she would endeavour to tell him of the contest well father since i was not on my place as i should have been a man contested it and now we must fight it out jean says so that is it hmm 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 sighed that one he's going to kill you out here to make him rich and then when you are dead and please don't father she almost screamed she knew he was going to say and in your grave he will marry another woman and bring her in to enjoy what you have died for but she could not quite listen to that it was not fair it was not fair to her and it was not fair to jean she was surprised at the way she felt she forgot also and for his benefit that they had never been very happy at home when he was in chicago they had only pretended to be it had been because of him being away all the time and their relation having been confined to letters that they had been contented but orlean had made herself believe for this occasion that when he came to visit they were going to have a really pleasant time and now so soon she was simply worn out she had become more sensitive of her tasks in life than it had occurred to her she could ever be for the first time she was getting the idea that after all they were burdensome wouldn't you like to go to town papa she cried trying to be jolly jean is ready now and please come along and see the nice little house he has bought and is going to move on my claim she was so cheerful so anxious to have him enjoy his visit that his vanity for once took a back seat and a few minutes later they were driving into gregory as they drove along baptiste told of what he was doing discussing at length the west and what was being done toward its development when they arrived in the town they approached a small but well-made little building that he had purchased for three hundred dollars and went inside awfully small my boy said the reverend as they looked around of course admitted baptiste but it is not practical to invest in big houses in the beginning you know we must first build a big barn and that i cannot even as yet afford places his horses before his wife of course muttered the reverend but obligingly unheard and you say you intend to move it where not away down on that farm southeast he said standing outside and looking up at the building oh no baptiste returned shortly on to orleans place west of here oh how far is that not so far 
about fifty miles. Good Lord! And the Reverend could say no more. End of chapter 13 Epoch the Second The Wolf